And so the church of Jesus Christ is so consumed and has so much heart for God and His presence and His love that they draw strength from the glory of God. I don't draw strength because I have an ambition. I draw strength because God is here. And when God is here, everyone is strengthened. But the dead church, they grow weary. They have no power because they do not wait on the Lord. We wait for the glory. Go with me to Isaiah 40, Isaiah chapter 40, <clears throat> and we're, we're, we're learning about waiting for the glory. Now, people of God, I want to encourage you, please don't leave, wait. Please don't leave, wait. So many churches have changed their, their structure and their style of worship. Instead of waiting upon God, they become houses of entertainment. They become places that encourage and inspire, but there's no transformation. There's no power. There's no glory. And people might be attracted to it because the world is attracted to entertainment. Because all they know is what they see. All they know is what they can experience with their senses. So people, there, there's, there are churches, especially, especially here in the United States, that try to do with money what they cannot do with glory. Instead of bringing a word that will heal and change a person's life, that bring a word of inspiration and encouragement, but lacking the power of God. And that's the cold church, and that's the dead church. And the sad thing is people go to there thinking that they're experiencing everything that God has for them. And they might leave encouraged, they might leave inspired, they get excited, but when the cares of life come out, come, since there's no word inside of them, since there's no transformation by the Holy Ghost, when the issues of life come, they're defeated. And then somebody comes with some sort of spiritual argument, a different religion. They come with all these, these Eastern philosophies, and they all, the first time they have any true experience spiritually is not because they got an encounter with the Holy Ghost, but it's because they, they're playing with devils. And one of the reasons why is because when you are hungry for God, and when you're desperate for Jesus, you'll do whatever it takes to get there. But many churches have gone into the area of convenience, business structure. They've worked on the praise. They've worked on the worship. They've worked on the structure. They've worked on, on the advertisement. They've done everything to bring people in and give them just enough so that when they go out, They, they, they never shook the cages inside their life. They never stirred the boat. And to still see people's lives change, they stay the same. You might as well go to the movies 
You know, because a movie could make a person cry. A movie can inspire you. But only the move of the Holy Spirit could change you. Only the revelation of the Holy Ghost can have an impact on your life. And change you and change your family and change everything about your life. Only the conviction of the Holy Spirit can bring the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus Christ and wash away all your sins. But people, they, they, they come to churches and they, and they hear a good inspirational word. Now, I want to tell you the reason why I speak so harshly about this is because this doesn't work. It doesn't work. When, 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 a, when, a, when a people are deceived that they're Christians and they, they got the, the gospel, but they don't know the power, devils will come and, and pants them and cause those Christians running down the street naked. Devils will say, you know, Paul, I know, but Jesus, I know, but who are you? Listen, when you are a child of God, the devil should know your name. And they should be scared of you. Hallelujah. You come to this church, we're, we're, we're good. You know what a church is? I'm, I'm meddling too much. This ain't my notes. Should, should go back to the notes? A church is a house. It's a place you come where you're going to find food. You're going to find shelter. You're going to find family. You're going to find healing. That's what we are. We're a house. If you enjoy being a part of this house, keep coming. If God is blessing you, keep coming. But you're not going to find me chasing after you all over the place. I wish I could. But unless you go before God and you get hungry for the Lord, God can't change you. You know, when you come to the house of God with hunger for the Lord, church ain't long enough. You want more, you want more, you want more. I went to a church a few months ago, and this was a church that they were so interested in trying to keep people just enough time to say their sermon and leave. We were there less than 45 minutes, and I thought we were there for five hours. It was torture. But when God is here, everything's good. Amen. Let me tell you, church, if God ain't here, I'll, leave. I'll be the first one out the door. Amen. But will you come here because this is a place that God's presence can be found. Amen. And God is looking for a church that hungers after him. A church that, that desires to be with them. A church that has the fire of God upon their life. A church that can hear his voice and be moved by his spirit. That's what distinguishes us on who we are. Are we being moved by the Holy Ghost? If numbers are driving you, you are not a church. You are an institution of this world. It has a cross on the door. But if you're being moved by the Spirit of God, amen, hallelujah. And you know, one of the reasons I'm so passionate about speaking like this so forcefully is because I've been on the, on the mission field and I see these Spirit-filled, on-fire Holy Ghost preachers 
excited about God, but then they turn on the TV and they see the model of the Christian church in the United States and they're all becoming the stupid model that's going to fall. It's going to fall. I'm telling you, when the wolf begins to blow, the house will come crumbling down. I've seen it. You, you go into Europe. You think, you think we got some big mega churches here in the United States. Go to Europe. You will see the greatest churches ever created. The most amazing churches that no, no detail was spared, but they're empty. These churches that some of them took a hundred years to build are now Muslim mosques. I'm not interested in building the physical structure. I'm interested in building the man, the woman of God. Thank God for the physical structure so we can come and worship God. But what's important is your life. I'd rather be outside underneath a tree in the park preaching to people and the presence of God is there that being in the, the greatest facility in this world, but no presence of the Lord. Amen? Why do you come here? Because the glory of God can be found in this church. That's the only reason. Amen. Let me go back to my notes. Praise the Lord. If you don't agree with that, feel free to send me notes and send me emails and messages. I'll make sure not to read them. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. Verse 28. It says, have you not known? Have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary? His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Praise the Lord. And so the message, the purpose of the church of Jesus Christ is to bring glory to this world. We are the, the avenue that God's glory flows into this land. We lift up the name of Jesus and the glory of God is revealed. Amen. I thank God when people start coming because the word of God says, if I'll be lifted up, I'll draw all men towards, towards you. Listen, I don't need advertisement when we have the glory of God. I don't need to buy advertisement in any, any article or any program. When you have the glory of God, people will show up. Amen. And so the church of Jesus Christ is so consumed and has so much heart for God and his presence and his love that they draw strength. From the glory of God. I don't draw strength because I have an ambition. I draw strength because God is here. And when God is here, everyone is strengthened. But the dead church, they grow weary. They have no power because they do not wait 
on the Lord. We wait for the glory. One of the reasons you come to this church, especially when you first come, if it's the first time you're here, I love you. I'm I'm not mean, I'm nice. Amen. Devils are scared of me, but I'm not mean, I'm nice. But we wait. We wait. What are we waiting for? For the glory. You know, last week we had Healing Sunday, and there was many people we prayed for, and God was so faithful to touch and to bring healing power to them. But after we prayed for everybody that came up for prayer, as I was, I was just hearing, you know, just listening to the Lord, waiting upon God. There was a woman that was seated in the, about the fourth row of the church, and I looked at her, and she came up to the, I said, come on up, I want to pray for you. I just felt I needed to pray for her. And so she came up, and as she came up to the front, you know, she was wearing glasses, so I took the glasses off her head because I really wanted just to lay my hands and pray for her. And we're going to pray for everybody here today, amen? I, I pray that you receive the anointing of God today, amen? And so I put my hands upon, upon her, and the power of God hit her. I had, I had her glasses in my pocket, and, you know, I just kept on, you know, being led by God, praying for those that God wanted me to pray for, and just following the Holy Ghost, Amen. And at the end of the service, you know, everybody was leaving. She came up to me and she said, Pastor, you still got my glasses? So, you know, I, I gave her back the glasses and, and she put them on and she walked out of the church, but she couldn't see. God healed her eyes completely. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. My sister right here, she said that since she was a little girl, she had a problem in her left ear. She couldn't hear but just waiting in the glory of God, God healed her, right? Go like this, sister, right? The Lord opened up, healed it completely. Praise the Lord. Amen. You know, some, some people don't realize that when you wait upon God, whatever is broken, God will begin to heal. And if you come to church to get a quick service and just a quick little word and, and leave this place, you, you're missing it. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Stop trying to get God to fit in your schedule. Start adjusting your schedule for God. It's not about God living in your life. It's about you living in his. And so we have to surrender ourselves, surrender our motivations, surrender our desires. Daily, surrender our desires to the Lord. Surrender our life to the Lord. I know there's things that you got to do later on. I know you got some priorities. Some of you are thinking about the game. What time is that going to start? But I want to tell you the glory of the Lord is greater than all those things. The glory of the Lord is better than the food you're going to eat after church. The glory of the Lord is better than, than anything you could experience after church. If we will humble ourselves before God and allow God to move in our life, allow God to move in this service, allow God to touch our heart, we will be changed by the glory of God. But so many people don't wait upon the glory because God doesn't fit in their time frame. We got to slow it down. We don't like the things that we're experiencing. We don't like the things that we're seeing. The only way those things can change is if we change first. And that happens when we, st- when we spend time with him. Tell your neighbor, wait upon the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
I believe that we have a church that is hot for, for Christ. It's on fire for the Lord. That God can move in this place. And God can use us. But God's looking to touch your life today. God's looking to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Jesus knew that he could not just serve and serve and serve. But what did he do? Early in the morning and late at night, he would get alone to be with God. Just him and God. He'd fall on his face and he would wait upon God. And the Bible says that when he was there, that God would come and and they would have fellowship and communion. Where even the disciples saw it, where Peter wanted to build some sort of memorial because the heavenly things that they saw. Moses, Moses had a tent of meeting. And he would go into the tent of meeting and he would enter there. Why? Because he needed to hear from God. He needed to have God's direction for his life. How many of you need God's direction for your life? He needed to hear God's direction for life. So he waited upon the Lord. He entered into he waited for God to show up. And the Bible says that he met God, that he would, he would know God face to face. And God would speak to him the way, and God would speak to him about the future. People of God, what you need will come when you wait upon the Lord. If you will humble yourself before God and wait for God to come and be with you, he will show up. And when he shows up, he will do greater than you can imagine. He will change things in your life that you didn't even know that he could do. Amen. Praise the Lord. When you wait upon the Lord, you will receive direction for your life. Direction will come because God has a plan for you. God will speak what your, what, what your life is supposed to be. Amen. This is just a time of preparation. Amen. I realize that even today, me standing up here preaching the gospel, God is preparing me for something greater tomorrow. Today, as you sit there, God's preparing you for something greater tomorrow. This is a time of preparation. Amen. When you wait upon the Lord, his presence will be with you. His presence will go before you. Can you imagine what your day would be like if instead of just waking up and leaving the house, if you would spend time before God and wait upon the Lord Allow the presence of God to come upon your life. As you walk out of your place to wherever you're at, the angels of God will go before you. Why? Because wherever the presence of the Lord is, the angels will come to serve the glory of God. And when you spend time in prayer and word and spend time with God in intimacy and relationship before you leave the, the house, when you walk out, you'll find that God's already fighting your battles. You'll find out that things that you thought were going to be so difficult, God's going to make them so easy because God will lift you up strength in the presence of God. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Amen. And so when the presence of God's upon your life, I mean, it's impossible not to be blessed. I mean, think about it. If you go into a place and you're maybe you're a salesperson and there's two people standing before that guy and he's trying to decide which product am I going to buy when the glory of God's upon your life. Listen, when God blesses you, man has to recognize it. Amen. You will do more in the presence of God than you will do in your own strength. Hallelujah. And so we wait upon the Lord and we experience the wonderful presence of the Lord upon our life. Amen. And the glory. Everybody say the glory. Whenever we wait upon the Lord, we shall see the glory of God. The glory of God is his goodness, 
People's lives will be changed. People will be healed. People will be set free. Why? Because the glory of God is there. When God comes with his glory, he starts changing people's lives. People that are hurting get, get healed. People that, that are, are broken, restoration begins to take place. It's the glory of God. Devils that try to oppress others, when you show up with the glory of God, it's like a light. When the light shines up, the cockroaches run. Praise God. That's what happens when the glory of God is upon your life. Those devils will have to run. Amen. The Bible says they might come at you one way, but they'll flee before you seven ways. Amen. The devil doesn't know who you are when, when the glory of God is upon your life. He'll see the glory from a distance and he thinks, oh man, I'm messing with Jesus. Last time I did that, I lost. I got, I got beaten up pretty bad. <laughs> Amen. I can't win that battle. Amen. When you hide yourself in the glory of God, God will move in your life. Amen. And God will protect you. But what will take you there? Desire. Hunger. Wanting to know God and wanting God to know you. Some people wonder, how can I have a better prayer life? How can I have a better relationship with God? How can I see my life change? My question to you is not, it's not, you know, what God can do for you. My question to you is, how hungry are you for it? Do you want it enough? Are you willing to wait? I mean, think about it. You come into this place, and all you hear is testimony after testimony after testimony. You look to your left, you look to your right, you see people who have received from the Lord. You're in a place where the glory of God shines bright. People receive. Why not you? There ain't no reason why you can't receive. There ain't no reason why you cannot be blessed. There is no reason why you cannot hear God's direction for your life. There ain't no reason why the glory of God will not manifest itself even today. Why not you? Instead of looking at God and thinking, God, when are you going to do this? And God, when are you going to do that? Start looking at yourself and say, God, I'm going to just get hungry for you. So many people are looking at God's hand and they're saying, God, will you give me? Will you help me? Will you bless me? Instead of looking at God's hand, start looking at God's heart. Because when you go into the heart of God, you will receive all that he has in his hands. When you capture the heart of God in your life, whatever's missing, whatever's broken, whatever's in need, God will begin to show it. My brother Renee, he used to drink how many beers a day? 32 beers a day. He wasn't an alcoholic. He put alcoholics to shame. But he fell in love with Jesus. He didn't go through no seven weeks, seven step program. He didn't go through a lot of, you know, any of these programs, any of these, these, these structures that they have for you. You know, he didn't find himself in a foreign country trying to break addictions. He went into the heart of God and fell in love with Jesus. How, how, how many years? Five years, he's been free. <laughs> Hallelujah. And he wants more. 
He found the love of Jesus and he wants more. That's why he's here every service. He sits in the front, you know, because he don't want to see everybody going to the bathroom in the back. He waits on the first people here and one of the last people to leave. Why? Because he's seen things happen even when everyone leaves. There's been times the Lord has touched him when no one was in this church. He wasn't in a hurry trying to get home for some reason. No, he just wants God. What did Jesus tell the disciples? He said, go on up to that room and wait. If it was free, if it didn't require any sacrifice, any desire upon your part, we'd be having McDonald's church. But if you want the glory of God, you've got to wait for it. Some people will see what God does through this ministry and through my life. And they think that, you know, it's just I said a prayer one day and I got it. This has been a life pursuit of the glory of God. I want God to bless me and to change me and to flow through me. Why? Because his heart of love for you is so great that I want God to use me to bring healing. I no longer chase God because I need him to help me in my own personal life. I chase God because I want him to use me to help others. Because God loves the world. He loves the world and, and his heart is about people. Let me tell you, you are his children and he loves you. But can you imagine how great his love is for the kids that don't know him? That's why the Bible says he gives us the ministry of reconciliation. But we cannot bring the truths of God unless we know him first. We got to get to the place where we're no longer chasing after God because we have problems, but we're chasing after God because he's good. Hallelujah. Wait. Yeah, peace. What's going to happen? I don't know. What will God do? I don't know. All I can tell you is when God shows up, it's going to be glorious. It's going to be heavenly. It's going to be powerful. And it will change your life. I remember being in Slovakia and parents were amazed because during the service, the presence of God came into the church and kids smaller than her, two, three years old, were standing at the altar with their hands lifted up, crying under the presence of God. What kind of church program can do that? What kind of message can do that? Only thing that could cause a child two, three years old to be on their face worshiping God with all their heart is the glory of the Lord. Amen. Wherever God shows up, his majesty shows up. His glory and his splendor shows up. 
And we have to be about the glory of the Lord. We have to be chasing after the presence of God. We have to be hungry and desperate for more and more of the Lord. When we get to that place, I'm telling you, people of God, the earth will be changed. Your life will be changed. Your city and your nation will be changed. Hallelujah.